Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. <laughs> Get this, Burt Ward will be joining us. Is that someone else named Burt Ward, or is it the Burt Ward? This is Robin from Robin? Bad oh, Band. Robin? Robin. Yes. Batman. Oh, we're a mess. That's the real Robin now. It is the real Robin. Nothing that came after was the real Robin. The real Robin joining us today. Bert apparently is rescuing very large breeds of animals, or dogs, should I say. He's been doing it for quite a while. Now. You know, he usually he started out with Great Danes, I remember years ago. So I guess he's just doing all big dogs now, not just Great Danes. What do they call those? The, the giant? Gentle giants. Gentle giants. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay, yes. so we'll speak to him today before the show is out. I also see we're going to talk a little bit about klepto cats. I saw you surfing a video yesterday of... <laughs> Of cats that would steal stuff. It's so funny to watch them. Those videos, I believe, were the inspiration for a book that's just come out called The Secret Life of Mac. And it talks about a klepto kitty. Klepto kitty. Oops, sorry. <laughs> is that your bat phone? It, it is, but it's, it's a false alarm. I'm, I'm patiently waiting for a phone call. I'm waiting to hear news of my little girl's um, anesthetic procedure. She's having a dental cleaning, oh. and she's having a scoping of her bladder and her vaginal area. So you don't do these procedures yourself? Not on my own dog. Not on oh. your own dog. Okay, I get that. I'm a, I'm a mama. Okay. I can't do it to my baby, so my husband does it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys obviously think different about that. So you're, yes. you're waiting for a call on your bat phone. From your husband. Yes. From your, and we're yes. waiting for a call from uh, Batman's yes, sidekick. Robin. How cool. It's a meant-to-be thing today. It is. <laughs> uh, Lori, what are you working on for the news this hour? Oh, going to tell you why. This uh, just caught me by surprise. Why some police dogs, in fact, uh, a lot of them, could be losing their jobs soon. Mm, I hate to hear that. Oh, oh wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Joey, what are you working on? Well, I got a letter that I want to read. Um, someone's dog has some um, dry, itchy skin. How we can help solve that problem. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi. Hi, Doc. Um, I have a couple questions. Uh, um, I have a 12-year-old Labrador that's okay. uh, experiencing some, well, been diagnosed with uh, some elbow arthritis, and, and he's been getting real wobbly walking. Okay. So, so the slightest little divot in the grass, he'll you know he could literally almost fall over. Okay, and, is that on uh, the front end or the back end or both? Well, the elbows have seem to be the the limping, you know, the pain. The rear legs don't seem to be painful; they just seem to be loose, you know, wobbly. You know, he's not okay. pretty stable on them. And, and short walks are about that all he can do now. So I've tried. Uh, I've tried a little Rimadyl, had no effect. I tried the Medicam, I didn't see anything either. Um, I've been giving him, you know, an aspirin or so every other day. That seems to be the, about the best. And then I've been giving him the liquid glucosamine, chondroitin, you know, uh, high potency in his, in his dry food. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just worried that, you know, he, um, he's in pain. I, I, don't, I don't know how to tell him. 
Yeah, and that's a, a great question because it is hard to tell with osteoarthritis when a pet's in pain because a lot of the, the gradual signs kind of mimic that of just getting old. And it's very easy to just say, oh, well, he's just, you know, getting old. That's why he's doing that. But, um, you know, if we're noticing that he's having trouble getting up and down from a lying position, um, if he does have some muscle loss or unsteadiness in the back legs, that can be associated with arthritis. But there can be some other causes there. So if he seems wobbly, um, I would look for explaining this by arthritis, but there still could be some other spinal disease or other neurologic things that could be going on causing an unsteadiness in the back end. So um, we might have some success with some pain management, but um, I kind of want to keep my eyes open that we're not missing anything else that's more than just um, arthritis here. Um, so you mentioned a couple of the good non-steroidal pain remedies that we use, Rimadyl, Medicam. I don't use aspirin anymore. It's got such a long withdrawal time and causes GI ulceration for animals. So if those prescription ones didn't do the job, mm, you know, we can tr- look at doing some different things. Um, I've never tried and- the Anaquin uh, yet, though. I, I heard uh, this morning on the radio, I heard a lady using her, you recommended to use Anaquin. That was another one, I guess. Oh, the Adequan. Yes, yes. Adequan. And that that was actually one of the things I was going to mention, because even like the liquid glucosamine, great thing to try. Um, I have tried recently a product that has not just glucosamine, but also has um, avocado extracts. Um, it goes by a brand name called Dasequin, and they come in little chews. And I had some good success with some patients on that that have been on glucosamine. And we just haven't seen quite enough uh, results. But that, that is something you check with your veterinarian for. you. I don't think you'll find that in the general market. Um, but yes, a uh, prescription? It's not necessarily a prescription, but it's just a veterinary line. It's a nutraceutical, so it's a, a kind of a, uh, a supplement, but it's kind of in the food form. Um, but it is, a, like I said, it's usually a veterinary brand, so it's just not sold at Costco or, you know, at the pet stores. Um, and then, yes, the Adequan, which can be very helpful to help keep that joint healthy, helps to prevent uh, enzyme degradation in the joint. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, we have to give it by injection. That's the only thing that kind of puts some people off. Um, but I've actually trained many of my clients to give these injections at home. And once we get through that initial period of twice a week for several weeks, you know, they may give a shot once a month or every couple months, and it can kind of help um, give them a little more get up and go and comfort when we're talking talking about dealing with this chronic um, painful condition. So, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to look at that. And for many people, we'll also look at fish oils. Um, And just like people who have heart disease and arthritis, um, you know, it has some benefits about decreasing inflammation in the body. And for animals, we can use that as well in that same way. Um, So that's another alternative. I have been giving him fish oil, the omega, you know, fish oil, the high-potency ones with his food. Are those anaquin injections, are they done in the, in the area of the pain or are they just done, you know, you know, in the loose part of the skin? Good question. They're just given anywhere in the loose skin. Um, and we used to have to give this in an intramuscular injection, which meant the veterinarian had to do that. But, yeah, anywhere we can give a subcutaneous injection on the back, on the hip area, um, anywhere up through the, the back area, um, we can give that. And um, it's really easy to do, and most pets take to it very well. So, yeah, that might be a, something if you're comfortable with the needle thing and you're not a little needle shy. I, I look into that. Mike, we appreciate your call today. I know you're a new listener in Los Angeles. And let's take one for Dr. Debbie. We have Robert on the phone. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hello. What's going on? Hello. I got a 
I can barely hear you. Take your take your hand off the speaker on your phone. Hold it hold it uh, on either side there. Your uh, let me take off the Bluetooth stand. Okay. Hold on. Those damn Bluetooth. They, they're supposed to help us out, but I can't get mine to work. Okay. There's always you, trouble. Okay, yeah. can you hear me now? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, okay. My Akita, she, well, well, the last two weeks, she's starting to bleed after she used the restroom. Mm-hmm. Now the blood is okay. in the urine now. And, well, she had a problem when she was one year old, and they found out she had a weak liver, and they put on that LD prescription diet food. And okay. I was just trying to figure out if she if she have an infection or just probably because of her liver. Okay. Now I got to ask: Is she is this gal spayed? Yes. Okay. So good. That eliminates the in heat kind of part of the question there. So, yeah. you know what? The number one thing what I I would think about with a doggy that has a history of a liver problem, especially one that's severe enough where we're talking about nutritional control with such a diet such as that, which is a low protein diet. Uh, the main thing that comes to mind is bladder stones. And um, there's all sorts of different types of bladder stones that are out there. But there are certain types that we see more commonly in pets that have a liver dysfunction, um, typically urate-based stones. That's the kind that they often get. So definitely I would say this would be something that if she's passing blood regularly, it is something we need to look into. And the way that I would do that would be, one, to collect a urine sample. But two, it might involve even taking some x-rays of her bladder area to see Um, because if it is that we need to deal with those suckers because they ain't going to go anywhere on their own uh, if they're formed and if they're in that bladder and that's just that's just a source of discomfort and infection in itself if you think about the bladder it's basically just a big sack and it holds that urine if we have anything bopping around in there like stones or crystals it's just kind of creating more and more irritation and more opportunity for infection to, to happen. So um, I would definitely get this baby checked out and, uh, you know, see if that is, the, in fact, the my suspicion is correct there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to get ready to take her Monday, and they wanted to do another blood test on her so she can renew her LD prescription diet uh, mm-hmm. food. So I get them to do the x-rays, too. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's good. I'm glad to hear that you're you know, doing some follow-up lab work because we always watch you know, those patients with liver problems. And, and does she seem to be holding her weight okay, eating okay, all that stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, very she good. Just, she just have a, you know, this motion of going to the restroom, but she don't really go to the restroom after the first time. Then mm-hmm. little cup drops of blood come out. And, you know, she just squat in there for a couple of seconds. So, Oh, goodness. Well, let's hope it's, let's hope it's just a urinary infection because that could certainly have a much easier start and stop and ending point than if we do have any kind of stone. So my best wishes to you. And let us know how things turn out there at the doc's office. Uh, thank you so much for your call, Robert. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between those video chat sessions and lap city. Red Barn Chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Dr. Paul. 
on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that you know, they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. That's 800 380 4452. And now an animal radio news brief. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, you know what? I'm the type of person when there's a bee, I'm gone. I'll run for miles to get away from it. I'll be in the middle of the freeway and I'll get out of my car. According to The Guardian, there have been 28 people so far who have died and hundreds have been injured in a wave of attacks by giant hornets in central China. The hornets are also known as Vespa mandarinia, and they reportedly chased people for hundreds of miles and then stung them as many as 200 times. The venom from these stings can cause shock and kidney failure. And as if you wouldn't die from sheer terror, the average stinger on a giant Asian hornet, it measures about a quarter of an inch. That's like getting a shot. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Yeah, we got new digs. The Red Barn Studios, and uh, I like it. I like the it's, new deco of it. What I like about it is it's the lights are dimmer yes. in here. It's very, very nice. And along with it, we have two brand new affiliates to the Animal Radio Network. We welcome WGPD in Winter Garden, Florida, which sounds really nice, as well as KABC in Los Angeles. If this is your first time listening to Animal Radio, to my left is Judy. Judy Francis, and she is screening your calls. Hi there. Get back to screening Okay, calls. okay. I'm, I'm answering the phone. Straight in center, we have Dr. Debbie. She's our veterinarian answering your vet medical questions. You got it. And in the newsroom, in her own little cubby space. She doesn't like sharing our germs. It's Miss Lori Brooks, our news director. <laughs> I am a germaphobe, but you often hear snoring, and that's Diesel, a bulldog. And scurrying into the studio is dog father Joey Villani, everybody's favorite groomer. Late night last night? Um, no, I, it was. It was. I woke up um, late today and I, I <laughs> Early raced, morning. To the, raced here to the studio. <laughs> uh, so you know, and, and you know how traffic is. We love to hear from you, especially if you're over the top with your animals. We all are here. Are you looking at our wallets on our phones? All the pictures. We won't find a picture of our spouses or partners. You'll just find pictures of our dogs and cats and iguanas and flamingos, just like you. 
ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. It's a free download, so go get that puppy right now. Ms. Lori Brooks, we're going to do a quick check of the news coming up. What are you working on for this hour? Well, in many states, EMTs, emergency medical technicians, can only treat humans. And, you know, many times something happens with canine dogs who up until now could not be treated. But one state is about to change that. Wow. They couldn't. The EMTs couldn't treat a police dog. Oh, wow. No. In fact, they were penalized for it. Jeez. Okay, I'm glad they're Bizarre, making advances huh? on that. We'll find out details yeah. in just a few minutes with Miss Lori Brooks. But now it's about you. Hey, Scott. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. And yourself? Very good. What's up in your world? Uh, not too bad. Uh, we have two miniature uh, dash hounds, one uh, nine pounds and one 15. And uh, one of them, the bigger one, we uh, got from a shelter, and she has really bad teeth. Like, they uh, didn't take care of it at all when we, you know, before we got her. And uh, we're wondering if there's anything that can be done. We still... You know, brush the teeth and stuff, but I didn't know if there's anything to, like, get the teeth back to normal. Looks like they are got really bad teeth right now. Okay, yeah, and, you know, dachshunds, I'll, I'll say right off of the bat, dachshunds sometimes can really have exaggerated periodontal problems compared to some other breeds, especially little dogs. So if you have a little dog, we really want to jump on dental care very early on. And in your situation there, Scott, you know, if you've adopted and she's kind of not had dental care up till now, we're going to have to start from scratch. And um, I think the first thing that we need to do is really see about getting a professional dental cleaning. And that's very important because to try to brush teeth on a dog that has advanced dental disease, it's a painful process. So you, you want to start fresh with healthy teeth. So see your veterinarian, get a cleaning, polishing ske- scheduled, and, you know, see if there's any problem teeth in there that need to come, come out of there. Um, in many cases, we need to deal with those problems before we before we can actually get on a good preventative care regimen at home. But, but you're definitely right to be worried because, you know, we know that dental disease is a big problem and we know it causes a lot of other health manifestations in the body. And in fact, at by the age of three years, 85% of all dogs and cats will have some degree of periodontal oh disease. Gosh. So it's really a very startling thing. And if you're not making efforts now, it is time. So once you get your dog's teeth cleaned, there are some important things that you can do at home. But the, again, this is secondary after you get those teeth taken care of at the vet office. And brushing teeth by far is the best thing. If you do it three times a week, you're going to have some benefit. Uh, once every six weeks when you go to the groomers, isn't going to do it. So you want to make sure you use a doggy toothpaste and really start slowly to get get your pet used to that brushing sensation. But even if that's not something that your dog will take to, there's some other products out there, um, oral rinses that you can apply to the gum line. Um, there's additives you add to the water that can actually help pre- um, prevent plaque accumulation on the teeth. And then, of course, most people know about the treats and the different dental diets out there. And actually, some of them are actually proven to have a benefit. And uh, there is a organization called the Veterinary Oral Health Council, and there's actually a, a seal of approval that they give to very uh, common dental treats and diets. So some of those things may be another avenue that we can use. And again, once that mouth is clean and we've got a good, healthy starting point um, yeah. to get things started. Definitely. Well, thanks a lot for your help. I am pleased as punch to say that this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It is always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn. 
for underwriting Animal Radio and giving us our brand new studios. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets, please. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Police in Boston are said to be elated over a proposed legislation there that would allow emergency medical techs to treat police dogs who are injured in the line of duty. As the chief there says, we owe it to an animal. We are pulling into service to do the best we can for them. Right now, Massachusetts law penalizes EMTs if they assist an animal in an emergency. This proposal prioritizes humans requiring medical attention before law enforcement dogs receive care, but the EMTs would no longer be penalized for helping an official canine. They can't just help any dog. It also allows licensed veterinarians to provide written guidelines or consultations with those EMTs who are providing emergency care to police dogs. The proposal comes after a police dog named Nero was hospitalized for a week. This was back in April after he was shot in the face and Nero's human partner was killed while trying to serve a warrant. But now Nero has since recovered and he continues to live with a slain officer's family. Meanwhile, uh, while we're talking about police dogs, amid all of the legal haze that has arisen since voters around the country have approved recreational marijuana, there is now some doubt surrounding the future roles of police dogs and the admissibility of evidence uncovered by those marijuana-sensitive snouts they have. You see, um, many police dogs were trained to detect drugs, right? And then they signal the presence of drugs to their handlers who use that, in part, as a basis to search vehicles that police have pulled over. However, many police dogs were not trained to differentiate between a legal, now recreational substance, many places like marijuana, and an illegal substance such as, you know, cocaine or heroin or in court. Now, many of these defendants charged in these cases are arguing that the drug-sniffing dogs police rely upon to determine probable cause to search a vehicle may be detecting legal marijuana instead of illegal substances. So without a firm basis for probable cause, the cases can be thrown out in court no matter what is eventually found in the vehicle because it's a technicality. Those police dogs trained to sniff out marijuana as a drug because, you know, they're trained to sniff many drugs as as one. They can still be used to assist federal authorities in certain areas where marijuana remains illegal. And some of those places include school buses, schools and prisons i'm laurie brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update get more at animalradio.com ah. 
If you're new to Animal Radio, that means it's time for dog father Joey Volani on Animal Radio. And uh, what's up with you today? Um, you know, not too much. I don't know. I'm I'm a little tired today for some reason. I feel yeah. like I've been I've been well, actually I've been on the road for a while before I got here. So, so what's going on? So I got a um a letter here um from a Vanessa, and if I say your last name wrong, I'm sorry, Chansano, and she's asked me. She has a border collie, and um apparently her border collie is um. Oh, scratching and itching, and um, she said that she feeds well, and she's adding supplements, um, a lot of uh, omega um, fish oils and, and all those things that um, you find at a pet store, and she's saying it went from a dry, itchy skin to an oily, flaky, itchy skin. Whoops. And Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I see this all the time, because what people try to do is they try to build a nice, luxurious coat. And the first thing that they try to do is, you know, let's put supplements in because everything you read, you know, your dog is lacking this, your dog is lacking that. And what ends up happening is, is you sometimes overdo it. This is a case of overdoing it. So basically, if you're feeding well and your dog is um, good all along, then all of a sudden it starts to get dry. Well, a lot of reasons is because, and again, I've said this probably four or five times this year alone. Um, the um, heat has gone on in our houses. Uh-huh. And hold on, I want to see. I want to see where she is from. Um, and oh, I, I know I've seen it here somewhere. She's in the eastern side of Washington, so she's in definitely in, in a drier climate. Um, so it's um, probably the, the coat is drying out. So real easy. Brushing and combing is essential because that is going to get out all of that undercoat and it's going to give that working coat the strongest, healthiest coat to work with because you're pulling out the undercoat, you're leaving the top coat, and it's breathing properly. So that's number one. Number two, and I say this a lot, if you get yourself a bottle of distilled water and mix like, um, you know, get a spray bottle. Mix maybe a quart size. And why do I use distilled water? Because it's not going to spoil on you as quickly um, as regular tap water will. Um, distilled water will last for quite some time. Um, but we're going to add in probably a teaspoon. I shouldn't say probably. It is a teaspoon of olive oil, um, which works better than coconut oil, unless you can find the um, the clarified coconut oil. It's at the M- I think it's MCT um, is, is what it's called, but it's clear. It's not um, jellified. And put that in, shake it up well, spray it lightly on the coat, and brush it through. So what that's going to do is it's going to the water's going to hydrate the coat, and what the oil does, it makes the water stick to the coat, so it then goes into the skin instead of just evaporating. Brush that through, and you should have no problems, but I would definitely cut back or lay off the supplements. Mm. If that doesn't work, then you may want to talk to your veterinarian, but a lot of times, that's all it needs. Okay. And uh, extra virgin or just virgin olive oil? Just any kind of olive oil, right? It, it don't matter. Any type. Because to be quite honest with you, and I would go with, probably with the cheaper olive oil um, because really all you want it to do, it, you you want the water to have something to bind to instead of spraying it on and then the atmosphere evaporating it off. So what the oil is going to do, because it's very minimal, a teaspoon to a quart of water, it's just going to give it something to hold on to. It's going to make it stick to the coat so the, um, the skin can suck it in. And, and can absorb. Okay, if you want to talk to Joey right now, it's a free call. Call one 405 8405 And let's go to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay, what's going on with your animals? So last night, my dog, 
she was perfectly fine. And then when we went to bed, um, she started yipping like her bottom hurt. Hmm, and her tail's okay. tucked, and she hasn't gone to the bathroom. She hasn't pooed or peed or anything. Wow. And I'm very okay. concerned. Okay. And so this happened all of a sudden then, huh? Is she doing anything yes. um, as far as, like, limping, or is she jumping up on her bed, furniture? Nope. Nope. She wasn't doing anything like that. Okay. Had- How about anything like uh, licking or scooting her butt, doing anything of that nature? No, I haven't seen that either. Okay. All right. Well, I'd have to say the first thing that I think of with a chihuahua and um, that's having symptoms kind of to the back end with a tuck tail and seeming like we're uncomfortable and not really doing our normal things, not jumping, uh, not Mm -hmm. eliminating on the normal uh, schedules. The first thing that I would look at is really to look at her spine. Okay. Because I do commonly see um, chihuahuas where they can have problems with uh, disc problems. So basically oh. with their spine. Uh-huh. And that can cause just kind of a referred pain to the, the lower part of the abdomen and the, uh-huh. the hind end. And um, because it hurts to go to the bathroom, they may not go. Right. Um, okay. And uh, your veterinarian can kind of get a feel for this by feeling along her spine and seeing okay. if she shows some reaction. But ultimately, they'll probably want to do some x-rays. And the okay. other reason I'd want to do x-rays would be to make sure that she doesn't have any problems with her bladder or her colon. Right. You, you said she's okay. not going. want to make sure she's not okay. blocked in any way. Right. Um, right. Okay. But yeah, so okay. I do think that would be something I would really look at and see if we need to get this gal some pain medicine, at least in the in the meantime, while, while okay. they're figuring okay. some stuff out. Okay. So yeah. Okay. And, you know, and a couple of things you said, you know, not wanting to jump up and down and with that tail being held down. So yeah. if it is something with her spine, um, the way I always describe this to people is that... Um, you know, for us, if we have a back problem, you know, we don't do much. We lay down. Right. <laughs> we just right, kind of right. stay put. Yeah. And dogs, you know, they're horizontal, their spine. So anything that causes that horizontal spine to kind of move up and down at either end can cause pain. Right. So going upstairs or jumping on or off furniture mm-hmm. or sometimes even just lifting the head can cause pain. Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. okay. So yeah, so that would be kind of on my on my concern list. So um, definitely get that checked out and let us know how things turn out. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A panda at a zoo in southern China attacked a student who snuck into its pen, hoping for a cuddle. The 20-year-old male student named Lou couldn't resist the irresistibly cute pandas. Unfortunately, the pandas were not in the mood for a hug. One panda named Yang Yang was more in the mood to attack, and so he did until a worker at the zoo was able to calm him down and rescue the stunned student. Lou, who was bitten on the arms and legs, was rushed to the hospital where he was quoted as saying, Yang Yang was so cute, I just wanted to cuddle him. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi everybody, this is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. Admit it, you love your dog and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. 
With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Every once in a while, I'll catch you surfing videos online. You were surfing yesterday. You were watching videos of cats that steal stuff. It was adorable. They were taking all kinds of stuff. They were getting in drawers. They were taking pens. They were knocking stuff off the desk. And once they got it in their mouth, they just took off running like they knew. Apparently, this is a thing. You know, I yeah, I've heard about a lot of cats that do that. One cat would steal, like, I guess, underwear from neighbors' lines and stuff, and they'd have to come around collecting it, or the people would have to go back and find the owners. It sounds like it would make a great inspiration for a story, and that's exactly yes. what Melinda Metz did with The Secret Life of Mac, and we're welcoming author Melinda Metz to the show right now. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, um, great. Thanks for having me. So tell us about your personal cats. Do you have cats? You know, my very first pet was a cat. Um, my dad got her for me when I was two years old, and I had her till I was my, in my first year of college. Her name was Smokey. But since then, I've gotten allergic to cats. I have oh, a dog no. now. Oh. So, so it's not a matter of being a cat person or a dog person. It's an allergy thing. It's an allergy thing. And when I go to visit friends who have cats, I always still pet them. And then I, I'm like, oh, I should have taken Benadryl before I came. But um, I mean, it, yeah, it's nothing personal about cats. Oh, we'd <laughs> have like, to shoot Hal if he was allergic to cats. Yeah, he couldn't handle uh, it. He, he loves his cats. I am a cat guy. You are a cat guy. And that's guy. why I love The Secret Life of Mac, a brand new story that's just come out. <laughs> this is a story, obviously, about a klepto kitty, a cat that uh, takes off with stuff. You know, my editor, Gary Goldstein, actually came to me with the idea because he'd been watching a lot of cat (laughs) videos. And then I started watching them all, all the Klepto Kitty videos. Um, He was actually thinking of doing a nonfiction book about them because they became such a phenomenon. But then his wife said she thought that he should do a romance with the Klepto Kitty. And then that's how I got involved. So. So it's almost a real story. It was inspired by real stuff happening, but it is fiction. It's It's definitely fiction. Without giving it away, I hate spoilers, but without giving it away, can you kind of give us a hint of what happens in the story? Well, in this story, this is the second book about Mac. And um, in the first book, he got his person together with a, with a human. And um, they go off on their honeymoon, and her cousin comes to cat sit for him. And he can kind of smell that she's unhappy. So he always kind of takes it on himself if he thinks... He just kind of thinks people aren't smart enough to really solve their own problems. So he just, he kind of goes, he'll, he takes it on somewhat reluctantly, but he just thinks no one else will be able to do it. So he does it mostly by smell. He smells a person that he thinks would be good for her. And, and then he goes to work kind of getting them together. Ooh. And he also foils a, a little bit of a crime. Too. Now I had a, a cat bit, yeah. when I was dating that I would use my cat to pick kind of pick out my boyfriends if I, really? I, if I brought home a date my cat didn't like it the guy was out really they're they, they can tell do. they have a good sense of yes, character they do and he was right you must have done some research for this book I read all kinds of different things about cat behavior um even though I had that one cat for 17 years and I had another cat too um I didn't know like about the 
little gland they have on the roof of their mouth that gives them extra information from the from what they smell, they kind of flick air in with their tongues. And I looked at things about like cat body language with their whiskers and their ears and their tails and, and, you know, sense of eyesight and smell. And I just read a bunch of different factual cat information, anything I could find. A lot of watching Um, videos, I assume. (laughs) I watched a lot of videos too for inspiration. So is the book, uh, is anyone in the book real or based on real people? A couple people, a couple minor characters are based on people that I, um, the story is set in Hollywood and I lived in Hollywood for a while and um, my my neighbors inspired a couple of the characters. So, but I'm they saying were great. the names have been changed. I didn't actually change their name. <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> that they would mind. Everyone else's name I changed. I mean, and everyone else was just kind of loosely inspired, but um, Alan Marie DiFrancesco were my neighbors and I didn't. I didn't think they'd mind because um, they were they were great neighbors. It's just they knew everything about whatever was going on. You know, um, uh, there's always one. Be, every neighborhood has one of those. Right. It would be like, oh, I saw you had lean cuisine. Are you trying to lose weight? I mean, they would know the contents of my garbage can <laughs> because I share I shared a garbage can with them. And at that time, I had a dog too, and they were they were really sweet to him. They would give him like. leftovers with warmed up gravy, you know, and, and Marie was the only one who could tell my dog what to do. She'd say, Dodger, go home. We shared a, we shared a fenced in area and he would go home and he wouldn't go home when I called him. (laughs) So I just, just kind of things like that. They they were both in their eighties and they were, um, they, they were just such characters. I don't think that they'd mind. I did put in the beginning of the first book that I dedicated it to them. And I, I, I did make it clear that, you know, I made up some stuff. So, now, as an author and a reader, you were fairly resistant as a kindergarten to the uh, whole reading and, and, and writing thing, weren't you? Your mom tried to get you That's involved? That's what my mom has told me. Uh, my mother was, a, was an elementary school teacher, and she loves reading, and she wanted me to learn to read before I started kindergarten, but I had no interest at all. So then she just let it go. But I did become quite a reader pretty quickly. I don't know why I had no interest. I just didn't want to learn, I guess. Well, as a as a late bloomer in that, you, you certainly have done fine. The Secret Life of Mac is your second. Talk to the Paul was the first, but The Secret Life of Mac just came out. I have 10 copies to give out right now. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and ask for it. It is The Secret Life of Mac, Melinda Metzi author. And thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you very much. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Rogers. And Cynthia Rogers. On Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right meow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. 
Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, write this number down. It's 1-866-405-8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani right now. Or Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Yes, our dog takes calls, too. Doesn't yours? No. Well, we we actually had to train our dog to do this. She wears a little headset thing because she, <laughs> without the opposable thumbs, she can't hold the phone receiver. But if your dogs have human questions, you know, about us humans, she's the one to talk to. This hour, Bert Ward will be joining us. I haven't heard that name in a long time. This is yeah. the actual Bert Ward Robin from Batman. The original. And I got to figure... The, if he, the Batman TV series, like yeah. in the 60s? The very beginning one, yeah. So he's wow. he's got to be... Well, he must have been very young when he was Robin. I think so, because I remember Robin, and I'm pretty young. (laughs) He has an affinity for these uh, great big dogs, like the Great Danes, the Gentle Giants, and he rescues them now. We're going to find out what his place is like. I understand he has many, many, many rescues, and that he is a foster failure like many of us. (laughs) So uh, that's on the way this hour right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, checking out new pet products, there is a a new litter box that will be coming on the market shortly uh, this year. And I got to tell you, I've had many different kinds of litter boxes, but this one, I like the looks of it. And if it does everything that they say it's supposed to do, I think it's going to be a really great thing. (laughs) What could a litter box possibly do? This one is supposed to um, hold the, the dirty litter for two weeks. Um, all kinds of other things, but it looks good. You could put it in your living room. Well, I don't know if I'd want it in my living room if it's holding litter for two weeks, dirty litter. <laughs> <laughs> and it can also automatically add new litter. Wow. If it can go out and do the shopping and pick up my laundry, that would be great. Yeah. Too. Huh? I was going to yeah. say, we have one of those here. Her name is Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Judy gets the unfortunate duty of cleaning the duty. Cleaning the duty. <laughs> the duty. She has duty, duty, duty. Duty, duty. Judy, duty, duty. duty. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go to your calls right now to talk to Dr. Debbie or to groomer Joey Villani. Hey, Richard, how you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Miles, Iowa. Miles, Iowa. <laughs> well, Dr. Debbie's here. How can we help you? Well, our dog has... Dog. Has what? I said dogs. Well, dogs. Have what? Here, you talk, Rebecca. Oh, no, they got stuff in their ear. Crusty and okay. yelps when you touch your ear. Uh, my wife says it's crusty looking. Is it white or black or green? It's like little white lumps. Little white lumps. Okay. And it's crusty. And it's crusty. And the dog yelps with you. And the dog, like, yelps just a little if you touch okay. your ear. Now, you you mentioned you have more than one dog, and, and they both have the same problem? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little problematic for me because, in general, when we talk about ear problems in dogs, there's not a lot of things that are really contagious, and 
if, if I'm from Vegas, so if I'm going to put my gambling chips on the line, um, I'm going to say it's a little unusual to have something in both dogs that isn't contagious. So the number one thing I'd really go looking for is ear mites, um, which are a contagious parasite that can cause ear problems, uh, a lot of itchiness, discomfort, uh, very scratchy pets when they have that. Um, but there are other things, and we look at anything from infections of yeast, bacteria, to the little foxtails, those little plant org, um, plant parts that work their way in the ears. So if both pets are in the same environment, yeah, I guess they could get those. But I, I really want to check out your pets and see if they might have something like ear mites. And, and that's something easily done. Uh, you walk into your local veterinary office and you ask them to take a sample of that and look at it under the microscope. And, oh, cool stuff moves around when we find ear mites. Um, uh-huh. So if, if it is something like that, it they're, is very treatable. They're pretty much indoor dogs. You know, we just let them out to go to the bathroom, and and they're chained up. It's not like they run through any fields or, you Mm -hmm. know, they're running all over the place. Okay. And usually for something like ear mites, it is contagious between pets. So if there's a new animal in the home, whether it's a rabbit, a cat, or a dog, if they're sharing the same environment, um, then that could be contagious. Now, if they're not running at large and they don't really have contact with other pets, oh, you know, maybe it's less likely. But either which way, the number one thing I'm going to want to to have to help answer this question is is really to get a sample of that and look under a microscope. Because um, that's really the heart of where we start with these type of problems. I could list a million products to have you go purchase and put in your pet's ear, but it'll be just as worthless as flushing the toilet. So um, the number one thing is really for any pet with an ear problem um, to really get a good direction and a diagnosis. And Uh that is the biggest problem and the biggest reason why a lot of pets ear infections don't get effectively treated because we kind of home treat or we go over to the local pet store and we pick something off the shelf and we try to see if that will do the trick but um uh, i really can't advocate enough that we get at least one of these babies to the vet but i would preferably get both of them over there okay thanks for your call richard good luck with that let us know if you need a follow-up well welcome to the show brian how are you doing oh just fabulous where are you calling from today uh, Colorado. Beautiful Colorado, my home state. What's going on? I have the doctor and the behaviorist. We're all here for you. Well, um, I had my mother was uh, bitten by a four-month-old kit, mm-hmm. and she got infected. She went to the doctor, and he's got to report, or says he's got to report all animal bites. Yeah. Now the, the thing I, the curiosity I have is, do they uh, quarantine the cat? Because I mean, it hasn't had its rabies shots, it hasn't had any of the shots and stuff. Yeah, I mean, generally, if a pet is um, is old enough to have the rabies vaccine and has not yet received it, um, the animal control authorities are going to do some kind of quarantine, um, whether that's you know in a boarding situation, like in a uh, animal shelter or in an animal hospital, or at home. It, it kind of depends a little bit on the jurisdiction, um, as well as you know what the potential exposure um, is. Now, the thing that we have to recognize is that rabies does occur in a lot of parts of this. Country country. And um, actually, I read a recent uh, report about a kitten that did have rabies um, and um, it had to be put down. Um, so this can happen. So there, there is some justified uh, concern here. Now, you may know your kitty and say it's impossible, um, but still, we want to follow whatever regulations your your, uh, your area has. 
Um, so, yeah, I, and it's generally something we don't have to necessarily panic about. Um, if the cat has a lot of outdoor exposure, then it might, you know, be pause for concern. Um, but that may be, like I said, it may be just something that they um, impose at a home quarantine um, without necessarily impounding her at a shelter. Right. So what has, I'm sorry? I was going to say, what have you talked to anyone from the animal uh, control authorities? No. I have not talked to anybody yet. Okay. But because well, um, it's like I said, it's a four-month-old. It's a kitten. It's inside, and I, in my heart, I know it doesn't have rabies. I wouldn't yeah. panic. Yeah, you know what? It happened to me. I got bit by my older cat, and I had to go and get shots and stuff because I got infected. And I was contacted immediately by our animal control, and they came out to the house. They looked at the cat, said, okay, he looks fine. They put signs all over my house and quarantined him there for 10 days. I was not allowed to take any animals outside. My dog was not allowed out of the house. Everybody had to stay in the house for 10 days. That was pretty benign. Yeah, yeah. and then they, then at 10 days, I called them, and they said, okay, rip the signs down. Everybody Spine. And we actually have the sign hanging here in the studio. It's we just sort of we, we think it's kind of a joke now. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't worry about it. Don't panic about it. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's something that they got to do. It's, it's the law. They're just trying to protect everyone from rabies. Right. How old? How old uh, um, can you start giving the rabies shots? I mean. Oh, good question. Um, rabies is generally at 12 weeks of age it can be given, so you're not too far behind. Um, but gosh, it would have been just great if that was on board, because that does kind of change the rules if a pet's already been vaccinated or if they've not been vaccinated. So, Yeah, don't sweat it, Brian. Totally protocol, and I'm sure everything will turn out okay. Thanks for your call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An orangutan at a Florida zoo has an unlikely friend. Just like people, animals can also experience grief. Tondaleo, a 45-year-old orangutan, had been depressed since losing her mate two years ago. Her age prevented her from taking another mate or moving to another zoo. Zoo World director Stephanie Williams introduced her to a little orange cat, and they've been inseparable ever since, playing together, cuddling, and sleeping together each night. Williams says it's worked out better than she ever expected. She says the little orange cat has brought the light back into Tondaleo's eyes. Even in the animal kingdom, good friends can help you through the hard times. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And now an animal radio news brief. A British woman recently located her missing diamond earring, but she's going to have to wait almost a decade before she's able to wear it again. Claire Lennon told The Telegraph that her pet chicken Sarah snatched the $450 piece of jewelry while she was perched on her shoulder. Everybody carries around a pet chicken, don't they? Veterinarians determined the earring was trapped in the chicken's stomach, and while they said they could remove it with risky surgery, Lennon quickly ruled that out because she says her six-year-old daughter would be devastated 
if Sarah died. So instead, they intend to wait until Sarah grows old and passes away from natural causes, which Lennon estimates could happen in about eight years. I guess it doesn't come out in the poop like dogs or something. You know, you go through the dogs if they eat something. Well, at least I do. (laughs) My dogs eat something that I need. I look in the backyard and see if it's there. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. 877-247-1584. 877-247-1584. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Okay, we're just getting used to things here. This may not make a difference to you, but to us, we are in brand new studios, the Red Barn Studios here today. And Great decor. After 19 years of doing Animal Radio, it's about time we get some new studios. So uh, thank you so much, Red Barn. We appreciate everything that you've done for Animal Radio and are proud to partner with you. We are moments away from Burt Ward, and uh, we're also moments away from a quick check of the news with Miss Lori Brooks in our Animal Radio Newsroom. Uh, coming up, the opioid crisis not just affecting people. Hmm. And we'll discuss addiction with animals. Is that possible? Oh, I never thought of that. I bet they can get addicted. Yeah, huh. oh, okay, that's wow. on the way in just a few minutes. Let's go to your calls right now. And we're going for a call for Dr. Debbie. We have Jim. Hey, Jim. How are you doing? Good. Um... I had, uh, I've got two small dogs, and they got into, I don't know which one ate the most, or if they both ate, if one just ate the whole thing and the other one did not get any. What, what did they get into? What, yeah, what did they eat? Pork, pork rinds. Pork, pork rinds. Oh, was this a full bag of pork rinds? Uh, I would be probably uh, uh, about a half a bag. Okay. All right. Well, you and uh, is, is anybody showing any symptoms as so far? Not so far, but um, I'm no longer with the dogs right now. I had to hit the road, and so my wife is watching them. But we did okay. have one dog years ago that we gave him pork chop fat, and she died from it. So, I, I don't but, understand. we got to back up here because I'm completely confused. Pork rinds are not good for dogs? 
Okay, wait, pork rinds are you know really high in fat. It, it's basically the the, the deep fried fat um, from pork, and you know it's going to have a lot of salt in it, so it's kind of cured. So because of those two things, the high fat and the high salt content, it definitely can be problematic. Um, now, depending on who got it and how much was ingested by each particular dog, this may be something as simple as some stomach upset with diarrhea or vomiting. Um, I do tend to see dogs that get into this kind of thing. You will even see a greasy nature to the stools when when they're passing their stools. So that would definitely be, I'd say, on the lower end of the concern level. On the higher end of the concern level is something, uh, pancreatitis, which I might be suspicious might have been what was going on with your other baby. Um, because we know that in dogs, when they eat a high-fat meal, they get into the garbage, they get into the leftover things, good and goodies, and overdo it, it can trigger a problem with the pancreas where too many of the digestive enzymes are released. It causes a abdominal pain, vomiting, can be very serious. It can be life-threatening. So that would be on the higher end of my concern spectrum. And I think with that, um, that would really, for for your situation, Jim, I I would honestly say we'd have to watch and see how we're doing. If we saw any symptoms of anyone not eating, having vomiting or just abdominal pain when you kind of touch their belly and kind of just gently squeeze, if they groan or kind of cry out, that would be a pet I'd get to the veterinarian right away. Um, but, you know, because we don't know who got what and how much, um, you know, it may just be a matter of watching and waiting there. Yeah. Should we maybe wean them off of food for a little while? And How recently did this happen? Just um, yesterday. Just yesterday. Well, normally, if I have a dog that gets into something that they shouldn't, um, one one thing you can do for some dogs, we will actually give a little bit of food along the time just to give them something else with some bulk. Um, if it's already been since yesterday, I would probably just hold them off in a fast for at least twelve hours, um, just to see what happens. And you know, if you get past the point of twenty four hours without incidents, um, you, you're going to be hopefully okay. Um, maybe still having some diarrhea at that point, but um, that that'll be kind of the the point of uh, kind of going, whew, you know, and hopefully we'll be uh, past that in uh, another 12 hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, well, goodness. with our first dog that we lost, uh, she did have pancreas, something wrong with her pancreas, mm-hmm. and passed, so we're a bit concerned about it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if we would have caught these guys and, and I'd be talking to you like right after this happened, I'd probably be talking about some foods or some things we can do. But at this point, I think you're in the kind of the watch and wait mode there. Okay, so far there's not really showing any symptoms. Good, good. All right, thank you. Thanks for your call, Jim. Fingers crossed there. one 8405 to connect with our Dream Team. What kind of foods would you give in this dog after, if it was just right after? Are there certain foods that counteract pork rinds? Um, mostly I would just be giving something with some carbohydrates. So whether that be just a dry kibble, um, for sometimes I'll actually give bread, believe it or not, just if it's something I want to absorb, um, you know, something that's really greasy. Um, but yeah, usually just a good, um, solid, uh, dog meal would be something I'd give them. So, uh, pork rinds can't be good for humans, can they? You know, I don't know. I think anything in moderation, um, you know, I just, you know, you got to watch. There's a lot of salt in these suckers. If you've ever, I can't say I've eaten a full bag because I usually get greasified a mouth after a while, but they really do make you thirsty. So, um, you know, that would be the other thing for Jim to be ready for. Lots of drinking and lots of pee in there. Good to know. Okay. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Alan Cable with today's amazingly sweet love story watch. <laughs> it goes. Owen's getting a little kiss from his dog. He's seven years old. This is a story of how one little boy and a dog changed each other's lives. Owen has an illness that causes his muscles to constantly be tense, so it's very difficult for him to move around and do simple things. It's made him very shy and withdrawn. Well, some folks were searching for someone to adopt a dog named Hachi. He's a big Italian shepherd that only has three legs. Hachi got hit by a train and then came to us. Owen says it was a magical meeting. First day I met him, put his head on my lap, and that's what happened. Owen's family says he's a different kid with Hachi there. Much more outgoing. I'm really happy. Everything changed my life. This is Animal Radio, baby. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The opioid crisis is not just impacting people. A new study in Pennsylvania says there's been a big increase in the amount of pain medication being prescribed to pets in that state. It shows that opioid prescriptions for animals in Pennsylvania are up 41% over a 10-year period. And for some reason, that doesn't correlate with an increased number of patients there. However, if uh, opioids are so addictive for humans, have you ever thought about this? Are they addictive to pets too? Hmm. Well, one of the experts involved in the research explains it like this. He says, we don't recognize that dogs or cats get addicted to these medications, probably, because there's a psychological component that we don't know whether they experience or not, but we don't ever see signs of withdrawal. So therefore, they don't think addiction is something that happens to pets. Wow. Hmm. Now, I have a lot of patients who their dogs are trained to get their pills. So, you know, they come in and anticipate their medication. But, you know, are they really addicted or are they just like the treat that comes with it? Pill pockets, right? Yeah. <laughs> or cheese. We use cheese. Uh, the biggest downside, you guys, to having a cat is what? What is it? Pal, you're the cat There's lover. There's no downside no, to no, having s- a cat. No sleep. Hair. <laughs> Claws in <laughs> nah. the face. Probably the litter box, I would say, for most people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a company called Persong that showed off its new modern-looking, thinking of very minimalist style, self-cleaning litter box called LaviBot. And it works like this, pretty much like the others. But after your cat does their business in LaviBot, there's a rake on the inside that gently and quietly removes clumps without breaking them apart in the process. And then uh, you can also set different timed intervals for the box to be cleaned. And waste, I can't believe this, is kept in a bag-lined drawer, which only needs to be emptied once every two weeks. So it must be, yeah, like a vault or something. So now the app that goes with it, by the way, connects with the LaviBot to track litter use, changes to your cat's weight, It can even differentiate between multiple cats. And another feature is the ability to receive a a text when your cat has used it. Now, in comparison to Litter Robot, uh, LaviBot is said to be smaller than Litter Robot. And uh, it can also automatically add fresh litter from a 1.7-gallon storage bin that it has with it. 
And the company says it will launch an Indiegogo campaign in May with prices starting at $379. Mm. Who keeps texting you? Who's texting you at 3 in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) It's my cat litter. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk about something unpleasant to you and me. Very unpleasant, but totally natural to some dogs. I think you probably figured out dogs will eat just about anything, including their own you-know. Whoa! And as gross as that sounds, and looks, it's common. Sometimes it can be a sign of loneliness or being bored. Could be anxiety, or maybe your dog is copying other dogs. Sometimes it's because the dog learns that when there's number two around, he gets punished. So he's actually making it disappear so you won't be mad at him. Sometimes he's just cleaning up his living space. And yep, sometimes a dog enjoys it. It really doesn't present a problem except that we hate seeing it. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks like when their dogs give them that their kiss. And if you know your dog's doing that, it's going to click in your brain after it's already too late. (laughs) First thing you can do to try to stop it is to give your dog more attention and lots of exercise. And feed him more than once a day so he has something to look forward to. And also because it'll keep him from getting hungry throughout the day and tempted. Also, pick up after him as quick as you can. Like we said before, he might be cleaning his living space, which is your job. The most important thing, though, is to first make sure there's nothing wrong by taking him to the vet. There could be something physical causing it, like worms or other parasites, because they rob your dog of essential nutrients. He might be eating whatever he can find to make up for it. As always, the way to stop a dog from doing something like chasing cars or, you know, what it is we're talking about that we don't want to talk about is to make a quick, firm correction and teach your dog the command, leave it or no bite. You know, it's almost like a shove in the shoulder. Hey, leave it. You can do it by tugging on a leash real quick, again saying, leave it or no bite, or by a quick poke with your fingers in the neck, while at the same time saying, leave it or no bite. Something to change his attention to take it away from what he's doing. And as soon as he stops the behavior you don't want him to do, You praise him. Maybe even give him a treat. That's probably the most important thing. Always remember to praise your dog for desired behavior because you want to set your dog up for success. Hey, thanks so much. And as always, get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our bats. Our bats. Well, today we're doing that. Uh, We have Batman's sidekick, Robin. Bert Ward is joining us right now. Hi. How are you doing, Bert? Hello, citizens. (laughs) It is great to hear from you. I understand that you are now involved with saving animals and dogs in particular and giant dogs. Well, actually, for the last 25 years, my wife and I, have operated Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoptions, the world's largest giant breed dog rescue. And in the last 25 years, we've rescued more than 15,500 dogs, everyone which would have been put to sleep if we hadn't been there to take it out of a shelter or to take it over from an owner that had to give it up. In the course of doing that, we have discovered some fantastic things. We have dogs now living, and I'm sure since you've got a vet there, she would be very happy to hear. We have dogs living up to 27 years, healthy wow. and active, Holy including Lord. giant breeds. I thought giant yeah. breeds generally don't live a very long life. They live shorter lives. They than... don't. Yeah. They don't. I'll give you some actual numbers. Um, Irish wolfhounds and mastiffs, five to seven years. Great Dane, seven to nine years. Russian wolfhound, seven to nine years, and 
other breeds, they can live a little longer. But in fact, the average dog in America, I understand, uh, actually only lives about nine or 10 years on average. What made you decide to bring in big breeds? Because when we moved here from Los Angeles, we're about an hour east of Los Angeles, halfway between L.A. and Palm Springs. We, my wife and I, 25 years ago, moved with our young daughter. We decided to get her a dog. I mean, my whole life, I, I've had dogs and I've trained dogs. In fact, I, I handle dogs, including military and, and police dogs. And I mean, we're, my wife and I are expert handlers. But we wanted to get a dog for our daughter and we wanted to get a great game. We found it was very hard to find them because there weren't any. And we did some more research and found out that the rescue that had been there before for Great Danes, the lady had actually died. And people that were giving up their Great Danes, if they couldn't find a home, they go to a shelter. And in animal shelters, dogs are barking in cages all day long. And who's going to take out a big Great Dane that's barking in a cage? So they were all being put to death. And with my wife and I were so upset because Great Danes are very gentle dogs. They call them gentle giants, hence our name. And so I said to my wife, the first week in August of 1994, I said, Tracy, we can't let these dogs die. How about just for a couple of weeks, just till we find somebody else to take this over? Oh, yeah. we rescue the great? Well, by the end of August, we had more than 100 oh, here. Oh, jeez. And it's been 25 years. I'm a patient guy, but nobody has come to take this over. <laughs> That's okay. I think you're doing it the right way anyway. So anyway, what happened was, and how we got these dogs to live so much longer, and I'm sure your vet's going to be very interested because I'm going to be saying things she, she, he or she might not be aware of, but we couldn't stand it when we would lose one of our dogs. And in the beginning, you know, the Danes living seven to nine years, when we would lose one, my wife and I would absolutely sob. I mean, it just affected us so much. We couldn't stand it. So we vowed that if we could find a way to help them live longer, we would. Initially, we developed a feeding and care program. We feed and care for dogs differently than other people do, okay? And we have a, a whole, at all times in the last 25 years, more than 50 in our house at all times, 24-7, more than 50, all, all different sizes, mainly the giant breeds. Everybody gets along harmoniously. In fact, if you listen, you don't hear anything because all of our dogs are trained not to bark unless they sense danger, because barking is the beginning of aggressive behavior. Anyway, what happened was we, we first developed this feeding care program, and we got to a point where we were really excited. We had our dogs, on average, living about three years longer. So our Great Danes, instead of only living seven to nine years, were actually li- living 10 to 12 years, okay? And, and, and at that point, we said, is, is there anything else we could do? So because we had the money to do it, we decided to make our own food. And our expectations were very small. We thought, hey, what if we make the finest food in the world? Maybe we could pull out another year. You know what I mean? Maybe a year and a half to each dog's life. And so one thing and another, we've got right now 30 of our 50 dogs that have already lived more than twice their normal lifespan. Mm, That's very, very impressive. Now, are any of these your personal dogs? Well, everyone is rescued. So until they get a home, we call them our personal dogs. So do they sleep in bed with you, I guess, is the yes, question. I have at all times, yes, a minimum, I would say, of 25 of the 50 in bed with us, and many more sometimes. And in wow. fact, you go to our website, there's a video right at the top of the website, a wonderful video. It's in slow motion because there's so many dogs. 
and with us in bed with many of the 50, okay? <laughs> and these are giant dogs. We have dogs that weigh up to 300 pounds. Oh. We have Great Danes that stand on their hind legs, seven foot five. Wow, Bert, we got to take a quick break. We are with Bert Ward, the original Robin from Batman, and we'll be right back. Stick around. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. We are with Burt Ward, Batman's original Robin. And Burt loves himself some Great Danes and big dogs, gentle giants as he calls them. Did you have any pets as a kid? Did you have any animals? Oh, yes. My whole life. And on Batman, because of security issues, I had two uh, Dobermans. Oh, really? uh, Oh, yeah. I had two. There was... I had security issues, so I, I, I learned how to handle, you know, protection dogs. Uh, and the thing that I was going to say is that what we're doing is our charity. My wife and I take no money from our rescue. We don't take a dime. You know, the biggest thing I have to say is 50 dogs and big dogs. That You have to have a lot of uh, scooping going on there. It's <laughs> a full-time job. <laughs> do, do you have a bag hole? Well, we feed 600 pounds a day of gentle giants. That's 16 of our 33 pounds a day. That's uh, 112 bags a week. Um, It is too much for us to lift and carry, so we have people that help. But you might find it interesting that my wife, who I like, her name is Tracy. I like to describe her as the Mother Teresa of dogs. She personally handles all 50 of those dogs by herself. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm saluting. Yeah, pretty amazing, you know. And, and, you know, at one point when we were first taking them in, um, we were doing 50 50 surgeries a week. And I'm sure your Dr. Debbie, I mean, would realize that we had to use multiple clinics. In fact, we were at over almost 3,000 surgeries a year that we were doing. (laughs) And we paid for everything out of our own money. Even though we're a 501c3, we can take donations. We, we don't have time to go out and ask for money. We just pay for it ourselves. But you know something? My wife and I love what we do. We love dogs. We love the people. It, it, it just it makes us happy. We love animals. So this is our life's work. It's our charity. And, uh, and I'm just thrilled that, that I can try to make a difference for people who love their animals. And you do. You make a big difference for a lot of Great Danes. And thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Shelly, how are you doing? Great. Thanks. What's going on in your world? I got a new kitten, and it won't quit crying. <laughs> Aw. Well, what, what's the situation when the kitten's crying? It, it, it doesn't matter. Well, actually, I got two kittens. It, they're from the same litter, and we got them from the pound, and my daughter has one, and I have one, and they will not stop crying. You know, um, they had an upper respiratory thing, but we took care of all that, and they're still crying. Hmm. Okay. How long ago was that? Um, they have had him almost two weeks now, so they just recently got over their illness, but we took him to the vet, and the vet said everything's okay. Hmm. Okay. 
And um, what kind of kitties are they? Any kind of special? Um... Um, she's like a tiger kitty, but her brother looked like a Siamese. Mm, okay, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess it's kind of hard to, you know, to say without seeing them in action, you know, what the context of this kind of crying is. But the first thing I always ask is, is it an Oriental short hair kind of cat, like a Siamese or a related breed? Because they are just naturally little chatterboxes and talk about just about anything. <laughs> they will talk to you up and down, all around, and it's just kind of the way they are. They're very vocal. Um, but I'm also concerned just because if they didn't have an upper respiratory infection, there is certainly the potential that that could still be causing some issues for them. Um, some kind of discomfort in the inner ear areas, um, uh, or even in the sinus area. So, um, I would want to put my little eyeballs on them and maybe even look in their ears to make sure we don't have any kind of changes in there that make me concerned. Um, right. and, and the thing well, I you know might... what? She shakes her head a lot. So maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, see the vet and have them look at that. We may or may not see changes on an otoscopic exam when we look down with the scope, but if we have symptoms relative to that, then I often will use like an anti-inflammatory or at least some kind of pain reliever Um, because anyone who's had, you know, inner ear infection or pressure in your ear, it it doesn't feel good. So I, I always would, especially with cats, they don't really often verbalize pain. So, <laughs> so um, you know, if I ever suspect there's pain for a cat, it's always better to assume and treat for what we think could be there rather than just let them go on and, and just hope it goes away. So, yeah, I, I would encourage that and a little pain relief. Okay, because they're driving us crazy. <laughs> well, they're so cute, I'm, though. And I'm assuming, does it stop when they eat? They're not crying when they're <laughs> eating, right? Well, no, but... but- even when you're petting them, I mean, they they are crying. They're crying all the time. They're really clinging, too. Oh, and how old were they when you got them? Um, they think two and a half months. Yeah, and so you have so, two together. So that usually that helps to kind of keep some camaraderie and companionship there. Um, but make well, sure you also... Separate now. Sorry, oh, but they're separate okay. now. Okay. Okay. Well, then make sure you do schedule some um, scheduled playtime just so we don't have boredom and loneliness um, when they're acclimating into their new home and they're no longer with their siblings. Um, there's a lot of time in the day to fill. So, um, you know, definitely work on trying to keep this kitty occupied, busy, change the games up. Cats are not dogs, so you got to change, like, in five to ten minutes. It's a boring game. you got to find a new one. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. but uh, try that, too. All right. Thank Thanks, you Sally. So you know, I had a Siamese cat, and they sound like uh, babies when they cry. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Yeah. they do. Well, go give them a big old hug from all of us, will you? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Well, it has once again just flown by. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, you can get it over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android from the Apple Store of your choice. Whatever app store trips your trigger, okay? Just look for Animal Radio. Also, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. I actually started reading one of them again. I read it the first time, and now I'm doing it again, and I'm learning even more. You are truly talented. Thank you, sir. We'll put links over at animalradio.pet for everything you've heard on today's show, including those books. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.